Amen. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse seven. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse seven. We're going to be um, covering several verses in that area, but that one's the main focus. Uh, so one night, a house caught on fire. Amen. It's never a good thing when a house catches on fire, right? And the young boy who was in this house, um, not really knowing where to go or what to do, trying to escape the fire. Uh, flees to the rooftop of the house. And, of course, if you, most houses don't have a very easy way to get off of the roof. And the father, uh, who is down below in the yard, is calling out to his son. He says, jump, and I will catch you. And he knew the boy had to jump in order to save his life. There's no way to come down through the fire. He had to jump off of the roof. And all the boy could see, however, was flames and smoke. And blackness. As can be imagined, he was afraid to leave the roof. He couldn't see his father. All he could see was doom around him, but he could hear his father's voice telling him, Jump, I will catch you. And the boy cried out, Dad, I can't see you. And the father replied, But I can see you. And that's all that matters. You see, in our Christian walk, we can face life or we can meet death with confidence in Christ. This is not because of what we see, but rather we can walk in faith because we know that He sees us and that He is our deliverer from our struggles in life and also from the struggle of life. That we can walk in faith, fully assured that He will bring us through life, and most importantly, we will someday make it to our true home, which is heaven. So our text uh, this morning is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, a short but very well-known verse, which says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. This morning I want to preach a sermon I've entitled, Walking by Faith Despite Our Sight. Let's pray. Father God, help us this morning. God, let us uh, hear from you today, God, that your Spirit would dwell amongst us. God, that we, you would uh, pierce our hearts and our minds, God, with your word today. God, we honor and exalt you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. So this text says to walk by, f- by faith, not by sight. You see, walking not by sight uh, tends to be the difficult part about this verse because the issue in reality is that we're not blind. You see, this is a very popular verse. Just about anybody has heard it. Even a bunch of people in the world who never set foot in church have heard this verse. For we walk by faith and not by sight. But oftentimes when we think about this verse, we imagine ourselves like blind or blindfolded, and and Jesus has got our hand, and we're just walking behind him. You know, I can't see nothing. I'm just walking by faith. You know, Jesus is leading me and guiding me, and, and it's all good because I know that he'll take me where I need to go. Or maybe it's even like we're playing Marco Polo with Jesus, and we're like, Marco, Polo. You know, like, We can't see anything. All we got is Jesus, and he's going to show us where to go. But the reality is it's not that way. And the reality is that if it was that way, it would not be walking by faith. See, if we couldn't see, we couldn't really choose. If we can't see where we're going, if we can't see the life around us, we don't have much choice in the matter. That's not faith. Faith is a choice. Trusting in God despite our other options is faith. Walk by faith, not by sight. But the issue is for us that we can still see. You see, the issue is our sight. 
we, our eyes still work when we become a Christian. God doesn't gouge out our eyes and we just have to, you know, just follow him and, and have no issues. We, we walk by faith, but we still see our problems. We walk by faith, but we still feel the pressures of life. We walk by faith, but we still face temptation. We walk by faith, but we still have to make ends meet. We walk by faith, but life is still life. We're in a spiritual aspect. We walk by faith, but we don't always see God's plan. We walk by faith, but God's plan doesn't make sense. Like, we know what he's asked us to do, but we don't get it. We walk by faith, but we love our flesh. We walk by faith, but we can still see our life around us. And that's the hard part. Is that our eyes still work just the same they did as they did when we were in the world. Our eyes still work just the same as they did before we got saved. We walk by faith, but the world still looks the same. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 2-4, through four, just before our text, Paul uh, uses an analogy to equate our bodies to a tent that we dwell in in this world. And he says, For in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. If indeed by putting it on, we may not be found naked. For while we are still in this tent, we groan, being burdened, not that we should be unclothed, but that we uh, would be further clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. He writes, for in this tent we groan. And from the Greek that translates to, sometimes life is hard and we don't like it. No, that's not really straight from the Greek. But that's basically, he said, from the in, for in this tent we groan. So in other words, sometimes life stinks and it makes us go, ugh. <laughs> like that's literally what he's saying. Life stinks sometimes. Our sight, our eyes, we can't help but see the difficulties of life. No matter how much faith we have, we still experience these things. And it makes us groan. It makes us get upset. And then he writes, for while we are still in this tent, we groan being burdened. Life is full of burdens. Life is full of hard realities that we struggle through. And we spend a lot of time in this world trying to make life more satisfying, less burdensome. You know, they say, you know, go, you do you, live your best life. And people are trying to find this like, peak happiness on their cruise ships or whatever it is that they think is going to make life at that point. But we spend so much time, and by we, I mean mankind in general, trying to make life more satisfying. Oh, if my living room couch was just a little bit more comfortable and my TV was a little bit bigger and my car was a little bit faster and my job paid a little bit more, then maybe my life would be less burdensome and I would find more satisfaction. But so often, we do these things based off of what we see, based off of what we feel. Like I said, we want more of this or a bigger that or, or better this or whatever it is. And, and we see with our eyes and we feel with our hearts that this is what will make my life better. So I'm going to do it based off of what I see, based off of what makes sense to me. But Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, he says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in spirit, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Most likely what Jesus says in the beginning, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, describes the entire human race. We all find ourselves in this way in one capacity or another, no matter how easygoing we try to make ourselves come across, no matter how made we think we have it, no matter what we put off, ultimately we labor and we are heavy laden. The, the burdens of life weigh upon us. And Jesus says, trust in me and I will help you. Lean on me and I will give you rest. And he says, take my yoke upon you. And he says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That means, guess what? There's still a little bit of that. That, that when, we, when we follow him, we still experience the pain of what we see with our eyes and what we feel with our hearts. But he says, if you want that stuff to actually be bearable, then come to me. It's as if he's telling us, walk by faith in me and not by sight. Don't worry about what you see and just trust me and I will make it bearable for you. You see, despite what we see, we must walk by faith. God says, go to the right, but our eyes are pulling us to the left. It's like, you, it's, imagine coming to a fork in the road and one of them's like all rocky and treacherous and uphill and the other one's nice, wide and paved and it comes with an e-bike and, and you can just go and God's like, nope, go left. And you're like, uh, but... My eyes say that one looks better, God. Like, is that, are you sure? But we don't know what's around the bend. We don't know what's up over that hill. We don't know what's waiting for us on either side. And sometimes our eyes say the will of God doesn't make sense. Sometimes our eyes say the will of God looks a little more difficult. But God says, walk by faith. You see, when... Our flesh and our minds and our hearts think we must go one way, but God says go the other way. That is when we're walking by faith, despite what our eyes may see or what our heart may feel. Walking by faith at times will mean doing the exact opposite of what we want to do, of what we feel like we should do, or what we think makes sense. There's things in the will of God that are effective and and even times where, for me as a pastor, where I'm dealing with certain situations and, and I've dealt with it this way a hundred times before, and I'm like, obviously this is what I should do. And God says, no, maybe try this instead. And I'm like, but it always works. <laughs> and he's like, I know. But I'd mix up the strategies to make sure you know that I'm in charge. <laughs> to make sure you know that I know the best way to go. You see, sometimes we think, God, there's no way that this isn't the way you want me to go because it makes so much sense. And sometimes we go that way and then we find out that it maybe didn't make as much sense as we thought. Walking by faith can mean following God despite what our strategies are. See, walking by faith sometimes can mean that when people cross us, when people come against us, that our mind and our heart says get revenge and be angry. But God says in Romans chapter 12, verse 19 through 21, Never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, and I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals upon his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. 
You see, abide by this word. Abiding by this word is walking by faith and not by sight. When we get mad, when we get angry, when we, people make us, you know, really make us mad, our first response is like, I got to knock them out. Or I got I to gotta devise this plan to, to make them lose their job or, or, or whatever it is, right? Our first thought is, I have to get revenge. I have to be justified. But the Word of God says, no, you don't. The Word of God says, says to love your enemies. And when we put this into practice, that is walking by faith and not by sight. And anyone who has truly put this into practice knows that the results are surprisingly successful. That you can make friends out of people who are enemies. That you can see people redeemed who you never thought would be redeemed. Or at the very least, you can get people off your back that never get off your back. It goes, it goes both ways. Sometimes they don't, you know, loving your enemies doesn't always mean they're going to get saved. But sometimes it means that they're going to be like, this doesn't make no sense to me anymore. I'm going to leave this weirdo alone. <laughs> Been there. That's walking by faith and not by sight. Sometimes walking by faith and not by sight. When our money is tight, our eyes tell us to skip this, you know, skip this this paychecks tithe this wow. Skip this paychecks tithing. Ah, you know, I, I know I just got paid and I know God says ten percent, but I need a hundred and twenty percent. And so I think I you know, God will understand. I can just take this one off. But the word of God says in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10 through 11, says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse. There's no caveats there. There's no, unless you're super broke, unless you're behind on your bills, unless you, no, it's bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and thereby, God tells you to put him to the test, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven, for you poured... Uh, to, for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. And I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil. And your vine in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. You see, abiding in this word is walking by faith and not by sight. There's times when, when giving up 10% of your paycheck don't make no sense, right? Like, God, you want 10%, I have this much, and I need this much plus this much to make it happen. But anybody who has put this into practice, especially in the times where you need more than what you have, will know that God will make far more out of the 90% than we could ever make out of the 100%. You see, it's easy to tithe when we're not paycheck to paycheck, or, or even half a paycheck to <laughs> half a paycheck, or just falling short on all. It, it's easy to tithe when we got it all. But it's, it's when God says bring the full tithes, even when you don't have the full balance for your budget, is when God will really make things happen. And the word of God says that he will rebuke the devourer for you. Anyone who has put this walking by faith and not by sight knows especially when they've done it through these times, that God has promise for those. He, he will rebuke the devourer. He will pour out needs from heaven. Or when in life and everything's going wrong and our mind goes to self-pity and we just want to complain, right? We just want to post on social media, I, I went through this and I went through that. Like, 
people complaining on social media is like, just go, just go to an open canyon and shout out there and see if the goats bat at you. Like, what good is it? You know, we, <laughs> sorry, I wasn't going to, that wasn't, anyway. <laughs> I said what I said. But when life is going wrong, we just want to throw a pity party, right? We just want everybody to know that we're struggling, that we're going through difficulties. And, and listen, have that person who you can call and talk to. That's not, I'm not dis- discrediting that. But can we focus on God through these times? You see, we want to focus on us and all of our issues and all of our problems and cry and complain. But the Word of God says in Psalms 43, verse 5, King David writes, Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil with me? He's asking himself, what's wrong with you, dude? <laughs> Hope in God, for I shall praise him, my salvation and my God. He's saying to himself, buck it up, dude, and worship God. Like, yeah, life is hard. Life is troubling. Life is difficult, but worship God anyway. And when we abide in this word, that is walking by faith and not by sight. That when life gets hard, when things don't go our way, that we praise God anyway, even though we just want to to curl up in a ball and cry and watch Netflix all day, that we decide to get up and go to church instead, that we decide to make it to prayer meetings, that we decide to go outreach, that we decide to read the Word of God, that we decide to give God glory with our life, even though we don't feel like glory. Sometimes we don't feel so glorious. we got to give God glory anyway. And when we seek God and we worship Him, even through the hardest of times, we find rest and we find hope in Him. And He uplifts us. You see, King David understood that. And anybody who has put that into practice understands that even when the last thing you want to do is pray, the last thing you want to do is get up and go to church, the last thing you want to do is crack open the Word at the end of the day, you just want to close your eyes and and crash. But the Word of God says, praise God anyway, because He is your hope, and He is your salvation. That we can praise Him through the most difficult of times, and then all of a sudden, the most difficult of times that aren't as difficult. I'm not going to say they won't be difficult, <laughs> but we can experience that peace that goes beyond all understanding. The Word of God has wisdom and instructions for us to walk by faith. These are just a few examples that I came up with, but they're endless in reality that when our eyes say we must go that way, but the Word of God says, no, you must handle it this way, that we can do that despite what we think we should do. When we come against the realities of life, we tend to think we're pretty smart. Like, it goes that way sometimes. We're like, okay, situation comes up, we're like... Boom, got it. I know what to do. Suddenly, we're like the, the most intelligent like life planner on earth. And we don't even consider it. We just go, I know this is going to work, and I'm going to do it. And then we make decisions. We call shots before we've even consulted God and His Word. We just blaze a trail for ourselves. This is walking by sight. When life happens and we immediately go, obviously, this is what I should do. And you know what? Truth is, you might be right. I don't know. But you could also be dangerously wrong. We have to slow down. We must pray. We must read the word. We must repeat this process until we get an answer from God. 
And sometimes we come against a situation where we're like, I must act now. There is no time. And then we go, okay, no, I got to pray. I got to talk to God. And God's like, yep, I'm going to teach you patience. Not only how to handle this situation, but patience. And we pray and we read. We go to church and we repeat until we know what God says. Because God wants to help us. God wants to show us the path to take, not, not because he doesn't trust us, right? But he shouldn't trust us. Not because, uh, you know, sometimes we, we do know. Like, like I said, sometimes we come against something and we're like, this is what I must do. And then we stop and we pray and God goes, yeah, you're right, go ahead. And other times he goes, no, that's dangerous. That's wrong. That's not right. It ain't going to work. And we go, but God, clearly this is the best choice. But God wants us to seek after him, to seek his guidance, to walk by faith and not by what we see. Psalms 14, verse 2 says, The Lord looks down from heaven on the children of man to see if there are any who understand, who seek after God. You see, when we're going through life, are we seeking after God? Do we seek Him by walking by faith through all of our circumstances? And this doesn't have to be big, earth-shattering life experiences, but it can be simple, day-to-day things that can we say, God, is this right for me? And I don't mean like, God, should I take you know, Route A or Route B to, <laughs> to work? Like, don't, you don't have to... Stuff like that, if there's for some reason you're going to take a different route to work, the Holy Spirit will tell you. As long as you're praying and you're in tune with God, the Holy Spirit will tell you. You don't have to pray, God, which way, left or right, on my way to work. <laughs> but decisions, even small ones up to big ones, God, is this right for me? This opportunity that comes up, God, is this truly right for me? But why must we do this? Why can't we just make our own choices? Why should we put our trust in God? Well, firstly, because God will not forsake us. That's what the Bible tells us. Psalm chapter 9, verse 10. It says, And those who know your name put their trust in you, for you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. The Word of God tells us that those who seek God, God will not forsake. Those who walk by faith, just like King David who wrote this psalm, know that when you put your trust in God, he will not forsake you. How many know King David went through some things? Life or death things. People wanting to kill him things. People who he loved betraying him things. His own son tried to take his kingdom from him. But he put his trust in God. And he understood that God would not forsake him when he did this. And the same is true for us. That when the situations don't add up, when we go the A, B, and A plus B is not equaling C. One, two, one plus two is not equaling three. God, this doesn't make sense. God's commands aren't adding up, but we do it anyway. We obey anyway because we know that God's math is not our math. God's, God's game plan is not always our game plan. But we must walk by faith in Him. Martin Luther said, God our Father has made all things depend on faith, so that whoever has faith will have everything, and whoever does not have faith will have nothing. You see, we can either be walking by faith according to the Word of God, according to the Holy Spirit, 
where we can walk by sight and be lost on this dark, empty trail on our own. Psalm 119, verse 105, your word is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. I think it's like the fourth time I've used that verse recently, but there's good reason for it. Because if we don't have God's word, we're walking down a dark path. If we're walking by sight, guess what? We're more blind than we ever were. For if we walk by, for we walk by faith and not by sight, we trust God. And when we put this into practice, we are unlocking blessing from God that we could not fathom. We're unlocking blessing from God that we cannot fathom until we even reach heaven. Returning to our portion of text, verse 1 from chapter 5 says, For we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Praise God. That he, he's, he says, even if this cruddy little home we live in on earth gets destroyed and we die, we have something waiting for us in heaven. We must understand that our life here on earth, no matter how good it is, is nothing but a mere tent compared to what God has for us in eternity. Prepared to what God has for us in heaven, a home that he's built for us. I, I love verses like this because it makes me think like, like you look at some of the architecture in the world and it blows you away. But these are made by men. Imagine God's architecture, right? Like we see his nature that he's spoken to existence. Imagine a dwelling place built by God. It's going to blow all this out of the water. That no matter how good our life is, my life, I'm pretty happy these days but it's still just a mere tent. It's just a, a dinky little tent compared to what God has for us in heaven. And continuing on, verses 2 through 5, says, For in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. If indeed by putting it on we may not be found naked, for while we are still in this tent we groan, being burdened, not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. He who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So when life gets hard, and it will, when hard times come, and they will, when we groan at life, and we will, we remember that our main focus is God and eternity. That our strength comes from Him. Verse 5, that God prepared us for the trials of this life. He's prepared us for the burdens of life. But also gives us a reminder of our guarantee in heaven, of our salvation that awaits us in heaven through His Spirit constantly reminding us, yeah, life's tough, but you're saved, buddy. <laughs> like, you ever, like, you ever have to think that, like, you're just really upset for some reason and you just kind of feel like the Holy Spirit whispers into you, but you're going to heaven. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> right? Like, no matter how hard life gets, nothing can take our salvation away from us. When we trust in Him, His Spirit will assure us of our eternity. 
verses 6 through 10. So we are always of good courage. Even when we're groaning, we're always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage and would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please Him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. So we walk by faith and not by sight. We are always of good courage because the Spirit encourages us. We walk by faith because we know that that faith in Christ is what gets us to heaven. It might not get us to the earthly riches every day, to the earthly blessings every day, to, to having life easy. In fact, you might argue the opposite for the life of a Christian. But we walk by faith, not because it makes our life hunky-dory, but because we know what's waiting for us on the other side. God gives us courage to trust Him, to trust His Word, that when we think we should act one way, but the Word of God says, no, love your enemy. No, give anyway. No, praise me through the storms. That we can take that Word and we can apply it in our life and walk by faith despite what we see, despite how we feel, and we can take Him at His Word. And that the Spirit will encourage us through this. That when we live according to faith and not by sight, that we are assured that even though what we see is doom and gloom, even though we see a jacked up and messed up world out there, that we know that heaven awaits for us. And so we walk in faith and we aim to please Him, as verse 9 says. That's the whole basis of our existence, is to please God is to worship Him, to glorify Him. And then verse 10 says, For all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ to receive what is due for what we have done, whether good or evil. Every, every person will come before Christ. Each and every one of us, every person that's out there, every person that's in here and all around the world, And we'll stand before Jesus. And it will be determined of us, did we live according to our flesh? Did we live according to our sight? Did we walk by how we, how we felt? Or did we put our trust in God and walk by faith? Because walking in faith has rewards on earth. It has supernatural success in our circumstances. It has supernatural blessing, has supernatural breakthrough. But sometimes it is difficult, and sometimes it's hard. But most importantly, walking by faith has eternal rewards. Like Paul writes in verse 10, that we'll receive what is due, whether good or evil. If we did good, we will have rewards in heaven. You see, the issue with walking by faith and not by sight is that our eyes don't stop working. So we must make our faith work harder to focus on Christ so that our eyes do not distract us from Him. Can I have every head bowed and every eyes closed this morning?